Hey family, this is Pastor Stefan with Activate Ministries, and thank you for tuning in to the Activate Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you and ultimately gets you closer to where God wants you to be. So let's get into this message. God has reminded me that my wife and I, we've been experiencing some very prophetic realities. And he's reminded me that we're actually living in some of the prophetic words that were spoken over our lives. And as my wife was worshiping and my, you know, mother-in-law, shouts out to, to Ruth, my wife's mom that's here. Clap it up for her. He reminded me even during worship that when my sister-in-law got married, they asked me to bless the food at the reception. Now, this is before any pastoral leadership. This is before I led any men's ministries, any Bible studies, anything. I was just there to celebrate the wedding. I, I had rededicated my life to Christ, but that was pretty much it. I was in the very beginning of my walk. And I remember after the wedding, we got back to the house, and my mother-in-law, Ruth, says, hey, when you were praying over the food, I kept seeing pastor. And I'm thinking to myself, this woman's crazy. I'm not sure if I want to marry her daughter if her mom is crazy like this. <laughs> but here we are, right? Ten years later, and we're standing in the prophetic of what, what she spoke in that time. I didn't see it, but God saw it, and he used her to communicate what he saw in that moment. Uh, many of you were here yesterday. Um, where we had an event called Beyond You. And it was an event for women. And this event was, first off, I want to just celebrate my wife again for following through. Because when I, when I say that we're living in the prophetic, I watched my wife. I was there. Like, usually when she gets these ideas and these dreams, she wakes up and guess the, who the first person she tells is? This guy. So she's like, hey, I had this vision of, you know, just having an event for women, but not just any other event, because there are a lot of events for women where women come together and they build community and they have brunch and they celebrate one another. But I see this being more so something about deliverance and healing and almost like a, a big altar call. That was the first vision that she had of it. And this is probably back in October when she first started telling me about it. And I just watched her pray and, and fast and prepare and pray some more and fast and prepare some more. And then yesterday as I'm watching everything unfold, because I was working as security, but I was ear hustling the whole time, I'm seeing this long altar call format of a service where people, women are coming up and literally just giving their all on the altar and, and worshiping and praying and crying and supporting one another. And I'm seeing what came to my wife's vision in real time. And God is showing me that we're living in the prophetic. Last thing I'll say is, when my wife and I first got married, she told me that she had a vision of her and I being in, like, some space, some performance type. I don't even know what the, the venue was. But she said, I have a vision of me singing and you speaking. 
I'm like, all right, cool, that makes sense because, I mean, you sing, right? Um, you know, I speak, so I can see myself introducing you to, to do your thing. Cool, right? This is 10, we've been married almost, it'll be nine years in April. So at the end of the year, I was asked to do one of the most challenging things I've ever done, which is um, eulogize my best friend's mom, a woman I've known the majority of my adult life. And if anything, I wanted to be there to mourn. I wanted to be there to show my respect and, and support the family, but I was asked to do this. So, of course, I'm not going to say no, because I said, hey, let me know if you, you need anything, I'm here for you. So I can't say, no, I don't want to do the eulogy. I want to just cry with you all. But so, so, so I made myself available. And the Sunday before the funeral, one of the other sons came to activate. And it was Christmas Eve, and my wife was singing. I got a text message later that day. He said, hey, I hope it's not too much to ask, but would your wife mind singing at the funeral as well. I said, of course, like, of course she, she, she would do that. Fast forward to the funeral, huge church down in Atlanta. I'm sitting on stage by myself, and my wife, I introduced her to come up to sing the first hymn at the funeral. At that moment, God revealed to me, you are living in the prophetic. He showed me that my wife would be singing and I would be speaking. A funeral is not the place where you think of that happening. And the point I want to get through today is we're all living in the prophetic. And there is a prophetic word concerning each of our lives. But prophetic doesn't always mean fun. Prophetic doesn't always look like what we want it to look like. But as long as God spoke it and we walk in it, then he is going to be glorified. Amen? And so I want us to talk about today the prophetic state of mind. The prophetic state of mind. And I want us to take a look at the book of Acts. I'm going to start in chapter 2. And I'm going to go from verse 1 all the way to verse 18. We are a Bible reading church, amen? amen. And while you're looking for that, I'm reading from the New Living Translations, Acts 2, starting in verse 1. And as God showed me all of these things, he showed me, he, he showed me several examples of how we're living in the prophetic. And he reminded me of this term, deja vu. Deja vu is French for already seen. And so us having a prophetic state of mind, let's call things what they are, right? As we're living life and having experiences that God has revealed to us already, us living them out is actually just us living in the prophetic. 
is us living in the prophetic. The world calls it deja vu. That's cool. But if there's a familiarity of where you are, there's a high likelihood that God has shown it to you in a dream and a vision. And that's a reason to celebrate because you're in alignment. Amen. So Acts 2, starting in verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all of the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Verse 5, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and areas of Libya around Serene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. It's not too early for some of y'all. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Say all people. I will pour out my, my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, they will prophesy. Mm. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we don't need to add or take anything away from it, Lord God. We thank you that it gives us direction, it gives us wisdom, it gives, gives us encouragement, it gives us correction. And Lord, I just, I just pray that you have your way during this time. Speak to us in a way that we need to be spoken to. Meet every person exactly where they are. Give them the encouragement they need for this year, Lord God. Give them direction and give them wisdom as to how to navigate and apply the word that is being received. So, Lord, reduce me so that you might be magnified, Lord God. Have your way. I pray that your anointing flows because it is your anointing that breaks the yoke, that brings forth freedom, that breaks chains, Lord God. 
and you will be glorified. We thank you in advance for all of the amazing things you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. The prophetic state of mind. So the first thing I want to point out is when Peter quoted the prophet Joel, he was speaking of a, a prophet that was speaking way before Jesus. And that prophet said, in the last days, God said, I will pour my spirit. When Peter is reciting this, this is soon after Jesus ascended. So 2,000 years ago. And Peter is saying, what you're witnessing is what Joel prophesied a long time ago, which is in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. If we were in the last days back then, we are absolutely in the last days right now. And if God is pouring out his spirit on all people, that means every person under the sound of my voice has an opportunity to have an encounter with God. A very profound divine insight is available for anybody who is willing to receive it. So he's making himself available to each of us. Not just back in the Old Testament where his presence and his spirit was only made available to the prophet of that time or the judge, or the king, or whoever he needed to move through. He's making his power and his spirit available to all people. That's Lily and Elle. That's mother and daughter. That's me and Ezra, the middle child my wife was, was testifying about earlier today who was in the house of the Lord. Amen. He's making himself available to all people. And that's why it's important for us to have a prophetic state of mind because as we embrace this state of mind, we understand how valuable we are and how usable we are if we're willing to receive what God is doing. We're living in a time now that was prophesied. If you think back to people that have spoken things over your life and you look at where you are, you might be able to even acknowledge that you're living in prophecy now. I have tons of stories where people would look me in my face when I was in the streets and ask me questions about God, and I'm like, who do you even think you're talking to? I am still high right now, and you're talking about I'm going to be a pastor. But God was even then speaking to what he knew to be true now. Because God declares the end from the beginning. So it doesn't matter what your situation looks like. God is speaking now. And you're living in the prophecy of what was spoken long ago. So I want to talk to the reality of, of, of the prophetic state of mind. Because this is something where... Prophecy was, was something I saw as someone talking to you and telling you your life and what you're going to do and, and where you've been and how old you are when your birthday is and all this stuff. I, I, I would put all, all of that stuff together in, in, in one bubble called prophecy, and the word prophecy simply means to speak forth. To speak forth. All Joel was doing when he said that God was going to pour out his flesh on all people was speaking forth what God had already re revealed to him. 
And so as God pours out his spirit on us, it is incumbent upon us to make sure that we speak forth what God reveals to us. Beyond you being a success was simply Christina speaking forth what God had revealed to her. When God revealed to me in that church when I was on the stage and she was singing and I was about to give the eulogy, that was a result of her speaking forth what God revealed to her. And I was able to receive it in the moment because God reminded me of what he saw, what he revealed to her. And her speaking forth to me was, 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 made it possible for me to connect with it. And so whatever God reveals to you, there is an intended audience for it. And in order for you to walk in it, you first have to speak it forth. What happens when we speak it forth also is that it puts the world on notice. Because there are certain voices that are attached to that prophecy. There's partnership attached to that prophecy. There are volunteers, shouts out to our volunteers, that are connected to that prophecy. There are buildings connected to that prophecy. There are people that are assigned to your destiny that will not recognize it until it's spoken forth. So we have to speak forth. My phone is going crazy. We have to speak forth what God reveals to us. Now I want to know who that was. Yeah, she got it. That's why it's good to be married, man. We're like one person, just divided in half. So like she got that and I got this. That's why you don't, don't rush marriage, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm digressing, but this is important. Y'all are getting this in real time. Don't rush it and end up with somebody you don't, you don't need to be with because if I didn't trust her, I wouldn't be able to give her my phone like that. Like, now nah, I got it. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll just, you know, if I was up here cheating on her because she wasn't like who God had for me, I had to hide stuff. Right? Ungodly marriages are not the thing. Right? So, so wait on what God has for you. Amen? All right. So when, what you laughing at? We good? Micah, that was my three-year-old calling my phone. <laughs> Nonstop. He's mad because he's not in church. Um, <laughs> but as we embrace this prophetic mindset, Understand that when God gives you divine insight, not if, but when, because the word says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So when he gives you this divine insight, it's on you, and I'm going to challenge each of you and myself, it's on us to see it through. See it through. Now, one of the ways in which we can see it through, first off, is to write it down. We know what the prophet Habakkuk said, write the vision, make it plain, so that those who see it can run. So write it, make it clear, make it easily practical and, and actionable, right? And recognize that God said that he's going to pour out his spirit on all people. He's going to uh, show you things through visions, through dreams. Some of you need to get back to writing down your dreams. 
That's a practical thing we can do to make sure that we see it through. Write down your dreams. Don't assume you're going to remember it and turn over and go back to sleep. Because the, the, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. When you get the dream, if you are woken up at 4 o'clock in the morning and you know you've gotten a God dream, take the five minutes to just bullet point that thing out. Because if you try to snooze button your dream and, and try to say you'll do it when you wake up, that's an opportunity for the enemy to rob you of what God just gave you. Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll come and try to make you dream about, you know, ghosts or whatever you, you, you watched the, the night before. Uh, Law and Order reruns, Shonda Rhimes, Grey's Anatomy starts popping in your dreams. And now you've, you've missed the thing that God tried to give you. So, so write down the dream. Um, another thing that God reminded me of as I was prepping for this message was that he gave me a dream um, about five years ago of me and a young Christina skipping around this very nice neighborhood holding hands, right? And, and I knew it wasn't in L.A. because there was grass and yard space. So I didn't know where we were, but I knew we weren't in the neighborhood we, we, we lived in at the time. And, you know, we were just happy and we were just skipping through the neighborhood. There was all these houses, clean streets, also an indication it wasn't L.A. And I fast forward to now, God revealed that the neighborhoods that we were skipping through were in Alpharetta, Georgia. As I drive around, I'm like, oh, like you were showing me this way before I even wanted to leave California. And you were showing me like the youth and like the, the excitement that we would have in this new beginning, that, that was reflected in the youth in the dream. Then he went on to show us some other things that I'll, show, I'll share in another sermon because we'll be here until tomorrow, but that further solidified what our marriage would look like in terms of partnership and impact. Had I not written that down, I wouldn't have had the revelation once I got here that I was supposed to be here and that we were exactly where we need to be. So when God gives you insight, when he gives you a prophetic insight, dream, vision, whatever the case may be, it's for confirmation, it can serve as a warning, it can serve as direction, but at the end of the day, it can serve as something that you can stand on because it came from God. So first thing we have to do if you want to make sure that we see it through is write it down. Second thing we should do is speak it. Speak it. God gives you a vision. God gives you a word. God gives you some divine insight. Speak it. That declares that you're coming into agreement with it. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph in uh, Genesis 37. It's a long story. It starts in Genesis 37 and goes all the way through, I think, Genesis 50. Read all of Genesis and you'll get the book of Joseph. And then keep reading the whole Bible. There's a lot of cool other stories in there too. But Joseph was the youngest brother and he came to his brothers. I'm just going to share a really quick version of it and share it with them, this dream that he had of all of his brothers bowing down to him. His brothers were very jealous and as a result said, who do you think you are like that we're going to be worshiping you? Like, what do you think this is? 
So they tried to sell him off into slavery. They, they actually sold him off into slavery, got rid of him, and ultimately tried to end him and, and, and completely get rid of him so that they don't have to deal with this cocky little brother telling all of his dreams and, and that he thinks he's better than us. We don't have to hear this anymore. Let's just get rid of this dude. Well, he ended up having a very tough life. He got sold into slavery. He ended up working as a servant, had to end up going to prison, got out of prison, was working as another servant. And over the course of his life, even though he was working as a servant, he was constantly getting elevated. Even to the point, and I'm going to spoil the story, at the end of the story, he ended up being the, the second in command in the region. And people, when the famine came, everybody had to come through Joseph to get food and resources. Guess who also had to come and bow before him to get food and resources? His brothers. So I've preached that message before, and I used to say, when God gives you a vision, you don't need to tell everybody because there are some haters that are going try to, try to try to throw you off course. But now that I understand the prophetic mindset and, and, and how things work, Joseph speaking his dream is what set everything in motion. And so while, pro, while, while living in the prophetic is not always fun, God always gets the glory. And so me speaking what God said to me doesn't come with fear of attacks. Me speaking what God said to me sets everything in motion. Set it in motion. Don't keep it to yourself. I used to tell people, yeah, be careful who you share it with. No, if it's a God dream, if it's a God vision, if it's God's insight, there is nothing that can be done to cause it not to happen. It shall come to pass. God factored in all of your haters when he gave you that vision. God factored in all of your opposition when he gave you that insight. God factored in everything that you're currently experiencing, even though you want to quit on the prophetic version of the word that God gave you. He factored in everything that is causing you to even question whether or not you should keep doing it. But keep pressing in. When he tells you, when you hear those thoughts, oh man, I don't even have my, whole, my, my house in order. My kid is acting up in school. I shouldn't be doing this. Keep pressing. There's going to be opposition. That's evidence that it's a God vision. If you can do it on your own without any opposition, it's not a God vision. If it doesn't require any divine enablement, it's not a God vision. So write it, speak it, and then the last thing I'll say that we, 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 we should do is commit to it. Write it, speak it, commit to it. Believe who God says you are. Because every prophetic word, every prophetic insight, every divine vision dream that you get is God's way of communicating to you how powerful you are, how valuable you are, how worthy you are, how capable you are. So the natural thing that happens is self-doubt. It happened with Moses. I can't do that. I can't even speak well. I can't. We, we start telling ourselves reasons as to why we can't do the amazing thing that God has called and predestined us to do. 
We start talking ourselves out of it, but as we embrace the prophetic state of mind, just start getting ready to receive things that are beyond you. Amen? Pun intended. Get ready to start embracing things that cannot be done in your natural capacity because that is evidence that it is a God vision. Embrace it. Believe who God says you are. You can say, hey, God, you crazy for saying that, but I'm rocking with you. Because it came from you, I, I hear you, but I don't, you're going to have to be here with me for this thing. You are going to have to, and I do this all the time, you're going to have to be in this marriage. I have a very strong-willed Puerto Rican wife who's very passionate. I say you got an attitude. She calls it passion. Very passionate. You're going to have to be in the middle of this thing in order for this thing to work. And he is faithful. Shouts out to almost nine years married. It wouldn't happen without God. The fact that he said she was my wife told me how strong of a man that I am. It takes a certain type of man to lead a strong woman. It takes a certain type of man to lead a called woman. It takes a certain type of man, and when I say it, it has nothing to do with me, it's the man of God that is in me that is surrendered to God the Father himself. So it takes a certain type of individual to even be associated with you on your journey as you embrace this prophetic state of mind. Because you understand nothing is random. You understand that everything that you do is in alignment with a word spoken from God concerning your life. So we're not random. We're not going to be random in 2024. Amen? So a key sign that you've been provided a God vision, and I spoke on this a little bit yesterday, a key indicator that you've been revealed a God vision, one, is not about you. You may be the vessel, but you are not the sole benefactor. Going back to the book of, of Acts, these dudes spoke every language that was known in the region in a moment. That's pretty cool, right? Imagine being somewhere in Asia, and all of a sudden, in an instant, you're speaking Mandarin, you're speaking Korean, you're speaking Japanese, you're just speaking all of the, like, the hardest languages to speak, and they're coming to you at ease. That's something to boast about. Man, I, I just spoke 27 languages in less than 30 seconds. Who else in this region can do that? Me, that's who. That's the tendency of man, right? We get blessed with a divine enablement, and we want to take credit for it. We want to boast about it. We want to post it on Instagram and go viral. The story tells us that every person there heard testimonies of how good God was in their own language. So it wasn't about the people that were speaking, it was about the people that were hearing what was spoken. Another thing is, a key indication is that not only is it not about you, but God is glorified. 
God is glorified. So they heard all these testimonies about how good God was, not about how good they were. Another thing that is good to, to point out is that it, it requires, if it's a divine encounter, if it's a divine prophetic vision or dream, carrying it out requires divine enablement. There's not enough studies or, or uh, books or babble apps in the world to get you to speak fluently in that many languages in an instance. It's a divine enablement for that. So there's certain things that God has, has revealed to you, and it's going to require some Holy Spirit help. That's how you know it came from him. The, the, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life was that eulogy for my, my best friend's mom. The most difficult thing I had to do. Because all of you know, we've all been to a memorial service, and when we, when we first get the news of someone passing, first off, we, we understand that this isn't the end of the story. We understand that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we understand and we tell ourselves that, we remind ourselves of that reality, and that gives us comfort and that gives us peace. But when we get to the place where they're having the, the, the service, that's typically when all of the emotions hit you. And in that moment, you just want to grieve. This was the first time I've not been able to just respond and just be however I naturally would be because I have to, to, to walk the family in. I have to provide support. I have to be in communication with the funeral directors. And I have to, to, to be like buttoned up. Meanwhile, I have a personal relationship with this person that we're, we're grieving. So it's the hardest thing I've had to do because part of me wants to grieve and the other part knows I'm on assignment. But when God revealed to me that prophecy and you living out what God has called you to do is not always about your convenience, that's when the divine enablement came in. And, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to get through, not only get through the service, but do so in a way where people felt encouraged as they were grieving. Do so in a way where people were introduced to Jesus as they were grieving. The other thing, you don't know who in the room is a believer. So you're, you're here preaching a message of encouragement while somebody is grieving, trying to introduce them to Christ, not knowing who's going to be receptive. God said, that's what I'm called to do. And so I share that with you because you are called to do hard things. And the reason you're called to do hard things is because you have the power of God backing you up, and it is not on you to do it. All you have to do is submit to him and allow him to do what he needs to do through you so that he is glorified. It was the hardest thing I've had to do, but it was the most validating thing I've ever experienced. Because it showed me that God can show up in an instant when you know that it's not your power that's allowing you to do a thing. That same power is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power is alive in each and every one of you. That same power 
is what allows us to carry out the prophetic words that are spoken over our lives. We just have to see it through. Amen? Last thing I'll say about knowing that you've received a God vision, a key indication is opposition. When you start trying to execute on something that God gave you, you best believe there will be opposition. My wife spoke on some of the things I heard her earlier today. Just in prepping for beyond you, all hell tried to break out loose, right? Getting calls from schools, sickness, cars breaking down. Cars have never broken down. We come to, to set up the night before, the car won't even start. I'm like, hold on, man. So, so we're, we're jumping the car, and, and then the battery's showing to be fine, no alerts, get home, drive it back, everything is cool, try to start it up again, car won't start. Like, what is happening? I take the car to get looked at, battery's fine, alternator's fine, everything's great. I mean, we can, we can I try to buy something. I say, can you just sell me something to, to, to make sure that I can charge the battery on my own? Because Kat showed me this really cool machine that she has that helped get my, my, my thing re rejuiced and whatnot. They were like, I mean, we can sell it to you, but you don't need it. There's nothing wrong with your battery. We, we won't even feel comfortable selling it to you. Now, when people aren't trying to sell you something in this economy, and they're saying, no, we don't want to sell it, there really is nothing wrong. So I'm like, at that point, it's laughable the attempts of the enemy to get you to derail from whatever it is that, that God has called you to do. Just know there's going to be opposition. There was opposition in, in the book of Acts, they're doing these amazing things. They're speaking in all of these languages. And here come some haters in the comment section. Ah, uh, they just drunk. Here come some, some haters on your Instagram story. Yeah, you just drunk. This isn't really what the word says. Y'all aren't really activating anything. How many people do you even have come? Like, there's not anything really going on. Where were you licensed, right? You start doing what God called you to do, there will be opposition. But instead of cowering and retreating and going back to doing nothing for God, be like Peter. The word tells us that Peter, in verse 14, stepped forward. Stepped forward. He didn't cower from it. He stepped forward, and he said, listen carefully. All of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. If it was 6 p.m., you might have a story. You might, maybe they might have had some wine. But we're talking about 9 a.m. right now. What you're saying is BS. I'm paraphrasing. That's not in the Bible. What you're saying is not true. What you see was predicted long ago. They are operating in a prophetic word. Man, 
I, you got to get this because the things that God has called you to do are so big. They are so God. <laughs> they are so worthy of him being glorified. And you carrying it out is going to have such an impact. And the enemy knows it. And therefore, there's going to be opposition. But if we just understand that and step forward and welcome the opposition, because it's one thing to not know it's coming, but we know it's coming, right? We know opposition is coming. So just be prepared. That's why it's very important to make sure you heard the vision, write the vision, make it plain, discuss the vision, speak about it, right? And then as that thing continues to crystallize, God will continue to confirm it. And the more he confirms it, the more you feel confident walking in it. And when the opposition comes, you can stand forward like Peter in confidence and speak against it. There are three roles when it comes to, to the, the importance of speaking forth, the importance of prophesying. There, there's a responsibility for those to speak forth. There's a responsibility for those to carry out what was spoken. And then there's a responsibility of someone to recall what was spoken and what was carried out. That's the cycle of the prophetic state of mind. That's what builds our faith. Me looking back and remembering my mother-in-law, who I thought was a psychopath at the time for saying I was going to be a pastor, and now standing in a pastoral leadership position, I listen differently when she says things. Me seeing beyond you as a success, when I saw my wife, when she woke me up, because she'll wake me up now, She'll get a dream. I'm sleeping good, church. She will wake me up. Can I tell you my dream? That's her morning voice. Can I tell you my dream? Um, I'm like, yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm half asleep, trying to listen as best as I can because I know it's a God dream. I don't want to, like, stall her. But, like, she'll wake me up in the middle of the morning and tell me these dreams. So me seeing that come to pass yesterday from hearing that raspy voice dream shared in the morning, I listen more intently when she tells me she had a dream. We talk about dreams all the time. So much so, she'll be like, hey, remember that dream I told you about, such and such, such and such? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, when, when the bomb's going off and the thing happened and that. It'll be a dream that happened seven years ago. But we're in communication about dreams so much that we just know that's, that's a part of our relationship. And it's a part of how God reveals himself to us and how he confirms things in us. And when we see them come to pass, it builds our confidence in what God has spoken. Another thing you can do to increase your, 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 the, the prophetic state of mind is getting into the word. This book is full of prophetic visions and dreams and, and things that have come to pass that were spoken. And, and we can, but until we, if, we, if we're not able to, to lean on our own experiences to build confidence from, we can get it from here. But it doesn't stop here. God is still speaking. God is still speaking. And the fact that he said he's going to pour out his flesh, his spirit on all flesh reminds us that he is still speaking. So we just have to make sure we are listening. Amen. So I want us to revisit our vision boards. 
there were a lot of vision board parties to start the year. I want us to revisit the, the, the vision boards because typically the vision boards are full of our desires. They're full of the things that we want for ourselves. We put the big house on there. We put the Bentley on there. We put the boo on there. We put the money bag on there. We put all of the stuff on there, right? But remember, if it's a God vision, it goes beyond you. So if nobody except you is getting blessed from that thing on the vision board, it's not a God vision. If the sole benefactor is you, that's not a God vision. If it scares you half to death, that's a God vision. If you see generational curses being broken, if you see healing, if you see transformation, if you see a burden, the thing that God cares about, that's a God vision. If you know that there's nobody you can call, no favors you can phone in to get this thing to, 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 to happen, you have no connections in this industry, but it's on your heart heavy, that's a God vision. So revisit the vision board. Ask God to reveal to you what is it that he has for you to do, not just in 2024, but every day of your life. God, what is it that you have for me? God is still speaking. The prophetic state of mind recognizes that he is still speaking and understands that it's our responsibility to speak forth what he spoke, to execute what he spoke, and then recall when those things come to pass. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's a part of our testimony when those things come to pass. Amen? So let's stand. We're going to pray. They moved the clock, which means I probably went over. But the Holy Spirit is moving. Hallelujah. Now, if you have received a God vision, and if you're honest, you've run from it. You've tried to brush it to the side. You've tried to put it off on somebody else. And you haven't embraced and even begun to execute the God vision that he gave you. Just raise your hand. It's an honest, safe place. Okay. All right. Okay. We're going to pray for your confidence in that thing. We're going to pray for increased confidence, increased boldness, and increase in strategy. If you are here or online and you honestly don't know what your assignment is, Nothing comes to mind when, when, when you think of prophetic words that have been spoken over your life. Raise your hand. That's fine too. Because we're going to pray for 
increased discernment. We're going to pray that he opens our ears because he is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. That's all of you. From leaders to servants, men, women, boys, girls, everybody. And so as long as you're able to hear, your, your ear is fine-tuned to his voice, there is an instruction for you. There's an assignment for you. There is divine insight for you. And lastly, if you're knowledgeable and you, you understand the prophetic call over your life, Raise your hand. Amen. We're going to pray for continued encouragement and discernment and a recognition for the people, places, things, resources that are already available for you to continue to operate and flow in those spaces. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of prophecy. We thank you for increasing our understanding of what it means to live in the prophetic. We understand that you spoke and our existence was. You said, let there be, and it was. So we thank you that we are living in an existence that is only catching up to what you've already spoken. So Lord, with that being true, we ask that you just increase our ear, fine tune our ear to align specifically with your voice concerning our lives. For those that have yet to hear clearly what your word over their life looks like, Lord God, make it plain. Make it plain for them. Remind them of dreams that they may have forgotten that indicate who they are, what they're called to do, who they're called to impact. Thank you, Jesus. Bring it to memory right now. The things that have already come to pass in their life. Bring it to memory right now. The battles that have already been won. Bring it to memory right now. The hurdles that have already been trampled. Bring it to memory right now. Thank you, Jesus. For those that are clear in understanding of what you've called them to do, who you've called them to impact, how you've called them to do it. Lord, I just pray for just a double portion of your spirit. I pray for increased revelation, increased insight, Lord God. I pray that you open their eyes to the resources that are already available to them that they may have overlooked. Because we know that all of creation eagerly waits the revealing of the sons of God, Lord God. So I thank you that as they speak forth, creation is put on notice. As they speak forth what you have for them, things just align, doors open. Thank you, Jesus. 
resources are made available. The right relationships come. The wrong ones leave. We thank you for perfect alignment as they pursue this life with you. And we thank you for the impact. Forgive us for putting ourselves at the center of your prophecy, putting ourselves at the center of your vision, making it about us when it has never been about us, Lord God. We repent right now. We reconsider how we approach life, knowing that it is about, it's about you and not about us. It's about you being lifted up and us being humbled, Lord God. Us surrendering to your way, not the other way around. Show us how we fit into your big picture and, and change our minds about how we think about fitting you into ours. And we thank you that as we renew our minds in that way, you will continue to open doors that no man can shut, shut doors that no man can open, break us from bondage that has kept us bound for generations, and create a new normal for those that will come after us, Lord God. So have your way. We consider it done. We thank you for freedom right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for impact right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that 2024 will not be like 2023 in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you that your kingdom is being advanced. We thank you that there is nothing that can oppose us from doing the thing that you have called us to do because we are already victorious in the name of Jesus. We celebrate that right now. We have already won in the name of Jesus. We are already victorious. No devil in hell can stop what it is that you have for us. We are already victorious in the name of Jesus. And we claim victory right now. Devil, you are a loser. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast. We pray that this message has blessed you. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms and visit our website at activateministries.org to find out more ways on how you can partner with us. Any prayer requests, testimonies, or just to say hello, email info at activateministries.org. Let's activate.